This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, welcome back. Horticulture still rushing. How's, how's things going, Sir Java? Oh man, everything's going going good right now so far over here in uh in in the metro area. I know our northeastern uh counties they're gonna get some rain in maybe about an hour and then it's supposed to come across uh come across the state with some high winds. So today is a weather alert day. Yeah, well, you know, this is and, and there's no pleasing gardeners. We love to get rain, but a lot of people uh, I notice they've been having, when they have a lot of rain, their corn blows over and they have to stand it back up. But anyway, rain is better than no rain. That's that's my that's my point of view. We, we can do without some of the wind. But hey, by the way, I appreciate you uh, inviting me to, to check in with the uh, with the foodie folks last Monday. That was fun. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool, man. And I can't wait to get over to the um, to the Mississippi Ag Museum this weekend for the Pickle Fest. Um, you going to you going to the Pickle Fest? Yeah, man, I'm gonna be down at the Pickle Fest at the Ag Museum, and I'm gonna check out the uh, the garden. You say it's right behind the the doctor's house. Yep, yep. It used to be it's still called the doctor's herb garden, but we're switching over to uh, to just herbs. Uh, both medicinal and culinary, because you know people don't use uh, yarbs right out of the yard anymore for for ailments, unless it's to you know maybe pep you up with a little mint tea or something like that. So anyway, we put in a brand new cooler. I say we. I was working with master gardeners. We put in a brand new little bed. It's a culinary garden full of all sorts of basil's and rosemary's and oregano's and lemon thyme and sage and all those kind of things, including some edible flowers. So and it's only about the size of the bed of my pickup truck, and still got all that stuff growing in it. So, anyway, that that was kind of fun, kind of fun. So, how are things over there um, across the water, man? You said it's a, a, a literally a cool place. Uh, yes, yeah, supposed to get up to sixty three today. Oh man, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's okay. You know, uh, even even though uh, I do spend a, a, a lot of months in the summer and the winter time in England, uh, Mississippi is my garden, and I've got all that stuff going. And I spent this past week getting my ready, my garden ready, to go for. You know, weeks with no care at all. I did a little weeding. I did a lot of mulching. I soaked some stuff in real good. And uh, my way of thinking over the years, if it can't take total neglect in the summertime, uh, it's probably not going to be a good fit for my garden because it's hot out there. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm gone. I'm old, blah, 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 blah. So I treat summertime in Mississippi like Minnesotans treat wintertime. It's time to hunker down. And you plan ahead. You plant ahead. And uh, let's see what makes it. We'll see. And I've been doing this long enough years where I'm pretty sure most of it will do just fine. Yeah, that's what I can appreciate about your garden, Felder, because, you know, you plan for uh, it not uh, getting a lot of care, while some people, I think theirs may fail because they, you know, have all these aspirations, but they don't have the time for it. And, you know, they kind of underestimate what all needs to be done for it to look as beautiful as it can. But you plan ahead as far as like i'm not going to be here so i need to set it up i need to set it up where i I know i'm not going to be here it's not as hard as people think because you know i i'm looking ahead but i'm also looking back you know a hundred years ago my great grandmother's a horticulturist and she was gardening a century ago and she didn't have a hose they didn't have running water 
And so whatever she watered had to be done with a gourd with a hole cut in it, dipping out of a rain barrel. So, you know, they knew how to plant stuff that did really, really well without a bunch of care because they didn't have the care to give it. So uh, what I've done is I've looked in small towns and country gardens and in the older parts of town and, uh, you know, places where people have been growing stuff a long time without irrigation systems. And what looks good every single week of the year? Something is going to look good every week of the year. And all I've done is I've just pulled those tough individual plants into one combination I call my garden. So every plant in my garden can literally grow in a cemetery. I just, the difference is I just chose stuff to show out at different times of the year. That's all it is. So, uh, hey, uh, by the way, somebody asked me to say something in Mississippi. <laughs> you, you know What? You know, cause, you know if, if somebody comes from England, they're going to say, hey, can you say something in English like Fortnite or, or tomato or something like that? Well, they said, say something in Mississippi. I went, beep, 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 And they didn't understand what I was saying, but I was talking frog. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, you go out right now in the evening anywhere near some woods, it's going to be bink, 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 Well, I'm just talking a different language, but it's still Mississippi. That's true. That's true. Weren't expecting that, were you, Java? No, you you always ready for some uh, some curveballs, man. And I can't wait to get to this cheesy tune um, uh, later on to see see what you got, got in store for that part of the show. I got a, uh, uh, some, some of my comments on Mississippi Gardening on the, the Facebook on Mississippi Gardening. There's like 20-something thousand people on the Mississippi Gardening Facebook page. Oh, wow. And, yeah, people post pictures. Here's what my houses look like or, or where all the hummingbirds gone or what is this bug on my tomatoes. But a lot of people post beautiful pictures of their garden. Every day people are posting pictures from their garden, and it's, it's Mississippi. Uh, but anyway, somebody commented about uh, the talk that I gave in in uh, up in northeast Mississippi in Itawamba County, uh, you know, seeing Granny's chicken and stuff like that. But anyway, they were they were just talking about how when they listen to the to to the radio program, they're listening much for the cheesy tune as any advice that I give. <laughs> Man, just this so, week, just this week, I got two. I got two. Um, uh, I guess compliments you would say about about being on the show with you from two different people, and they both mention the cheesy tunes that you play. So there you go. <laughs> well, I got a uber cheesy one today, but it's a live program. So if anybody wants to give us a call and chat about gardening, that's what we're here for. Well, we got Charles, the intern. He's on. He's manning our manning our phones uh, this morning, and we got our first caller. Um, if you're ready to go to Bill from Neshoba County. Okay, I'll do that. Hey, Bill, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's that over there across the pond? Well, it's just, it's pretty good. You know, I, I had me a, a meat and potato pie, and I took a walk around the neighborhood and looked at stuff that won't grow well in Mississippi. But um, anyway, in my, my heart, my mind is in Mississippi right now. What's going on in your garden? What can I help you with? Well, I got a question about uh, some people call them wild oranges, some call them wild lemons. But uh, anyway, the, they're spiky and they uh, do have a fruit. And I was, uh, I got some from a relative. I got to make a barrier fence, and I have one uh, that was like four years ago. And I have one that's six feet tall, and most of the others are six inches tall. Huh. And I was wondering if there's some, you know, some 
I don't know, fertilizer that I could give them, or yeah. what should I be doing? Well, let me ask you a first question. First off, for folks who are not sure, whether they say wild lemon or wild orange or hardy citrus, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, the, the most common name is trifoliate orange. It's not an orange. It's not a lemon. But each leaf has got three leaflets on it. So that's where it gets the name trifoliate. Um, right. And it was used. It was used as a rootstock for grafted citrus. So you know, you go to the coast and buy your, you know, fill up with gas, and while you're there, you give two dollars for a little potted grapefruit, take it home and plant it. The grapefruit grafted part dies, but the rootstock sprouts out, and that's this trifoliate orange. Uh, right. So that's the, and then it spreads from seeds. Those little furry, the, the fruits are about the size of a golf ball, and they're they're orange, but they kind of furry look. You know, not they're not slick. And uh, mm-hmm. full of seeds, and they come up pretty quickly. Anyway, I want to ask you, is yours straight with straight thorns, or has it got really curvy stems and curvy thorns? It, it's straight with straight thorns. Okay. Well, that, that can actually get pretty big, and it, it is cold hardy up in the Kentucky. See, so it's not a weather thing. What I would do is uh, it may have been you plant them a little bit deep or something like that. So uh main thing is keep the lawnmower and the string trimmer off the trunk because all it takes is one whack to stun a plant for, for, for good. And if that's happened, you, you need to think about planting some more. That's the first thing I check for is, is trunk wounds from the string trimmer or the mower. Uh, and it, if you'll just throw a good handful of fertilizer around each one, just a handful of any kind of all-purpose fertilizer, and let it either water it in, you know, pour a bucket of water on it to get it started. That'll help with that as much as anything. You know, just sort of scattered around under the, you know, a foot or two around the trunk and water it in. Okay. That's about all you can do, really. Okay, well, thank you. I, uh, I'll give it a try. Okay. Oh, one, one quick tip. In the wintertime, you know, you can cut a branch off of that, stand it up in a, in a pot, Spray painted white stick gumdrops on it. It's just as cool a little Christmas tree as you can have. That's what we did when we were kids. My grandmother had one in the back of her house, and that was our Christmas tree. Every year. Well, that sounds great. Okay, well, you have to have fun. Good luck on it. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Java, was that him making those fumbly sounds, or is it something I'm doing? No, I think that was I think that was Bill. He may have been out for his uh his morning walk, which I have learned. We get a lot of our listeners like they go on their morning walks or morning jogs, and uh, they pop in those earbuds and they are tuned into the Gustav Gardner. Well, the the cheese if you're walking and you got your headphones on, you listen to this. When it comes to cheesy tune, uh, it's a polka. The neighbors gonna think you're crazy if you're walking that street polka dance. I'm just saying. So uh, anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back. The phones are open. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, one mpb ring Here it is uh, well into June. we got a, a, in a week and a half, got the summer solstice coming up. And uh, we can talk about moon gardening or lawn care or vegetables or herbs or potted plants or fruit trees. Whatever you want to talk about, if it's related to gardening, Give us a call. Even trying to grow moss where grass won't grow. There's a myth about that I m- might want to dispel. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Some horticulture fell to rushing me and Java and all the folks at MTV. We're going to come right back with more of your calls right after this. Mm-hmm. 
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture spelled rushing. Uh, Java, I want to ask you, you know, a minute ago I, I said, say something in Mississippi and I made frog sounds. Uh, our intern, uh, recently graduated from USM, Charles Arnold. Uh, have you ever noticed how he talks like normal till he gets on the radio, then he's got that, that radio voice? Yeah, Charles Charles is a true a true radio guy. He's, he knows how to turn it on and turn it off. <laughs> Is that a special class that y'all take in journalism or, or something like that, or on how to, to talk radio? Well, it's, it's, is there a word for it? I don't know if it's a. I don't think I ever learned a term for it, but it's a. Uh, you know, you have to be clear in the way you speak and and use a lot of pronunciation so people don't get uh, confused <laughs> in your words. But normally, you know, when we're just out shooting the breeze, you know, you can you can let things relax a little bit. Slip, slip, <laughs> slip back into the vernacular. There you go. Anyway, it's, uh, it's always fun because, you know, I have no training in media work at all. I do radio and I've done television and newspaper magazines and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just a gardener. You know, I just, I'm trained in horticulture, which is a lot of rules about how to produce something. Uh, gardening is not about producing something so much as about doing something. You know, if you've got a goal in mind, if you've got, if you're trying to get yard of the month or fill the freezer or make beautiful flower arrangements or attract pollinators, you know, if there's a goal in mind, there's lots of little tricks and nuances. And I know a lot of those, and I can help you with those, but a lot of gardening is just, sitting back, knocking around, walking around, enjoying, smelling, tasting, feeling, hearing. You know, just, in other words, gardening is more of a of the journey, whereas horticulture is more of the destination. But uh, and, and I can talk both ways, but I tell you what, rather than me just BS about all this kind of stuff, let's go over to Kansas City, Missouri, and talk to Shannon. Hey, Shannon, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. I happen to know that, that Kansas City, Missouri is up in the hills, and you look down on the Kansas City, Kansas people. You do. <laughs> you do kind of. <laughs> they have a big well, hill, too, called Strawberry Hill. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I've had barbecue on both sides of that, of, of that state line. What you got going on? What you doing calling in Mississippi and talking about gardening? <laughs> well, I love your podcast. A girlfriend of mine actually in California turned me on to you. She works for a beautiful um, garden out there in Moon Bay, and uh, she said, you have to listen. I'm, I'm from Georgia, so she said, you're going to love this guy. You have to listen to him. And I went back and listened to every episode that you ever did. <laughs> um, well, well, you need to get a life, girl. <laughs> well, I listen to it while I work, so it, you know, it's okay. nice. But, um, well, what, what, can we, what, what can we share today? Okay, so I have, um, my husband and I are um, about to move. We've lived in the house we live in now for at least seven years. Um, So I have a lot of established plants. I wanted to know what is there any advice, because of course everything's barely blooming up here because our weather is just bananas. Um, What's your advice on moving all of these plants? Or how is the way to go about that? (laughs) Yeah, well, 
first of all, a little philosophical stuff. What you don't move, the next people are going to be stuck with, whether they like it or want it or not. And some sometimes <laughs> people are going to want to try to keep it going because they feel obligated somehow. Uh, but a gardening is a really personal thing. So, you know, if you leave a plant, uh, make sure it's something that's going to do really, really well without any care at all in case the next person isn't a good gardener. It'll give them the confidence. If it's just going to be a bunch of trouble, even if you can't move it, just get rid of it. Help the next people down the road is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, 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 sort of like saying dig it forward. Well, uh, I want to dig it forward except we didn't own this house, and so I'm taking it. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey when, I, when, when I was in, I, I lived in an apartment uh, for a long time when I first started with the extension service. It, it's actually a duplex. And I planted shrubs in front of this landscape, but I kept, I sunk the pots in the ground while I was going. I just pulled the pots up and took them with me. So I understand. Mm. But well, that's anyway, important. here's the deal. You're going into a really difficult time of the year. You know, even though you're, you know, farther north, northwest from us, it's still going to get really hot and really dry and kind of, kind of windy. So anything you move right now is going to suffer pretty badly because you're leaving some of its roots behind. So anything yeah. you're moving, if you can, cut it back before you dig it. And that does two things. It takes the immediate stress off the plant. It balances the top with, with the damaged roots. But it also stimulates some strong new growth, and it takes a, a, a few weeks. So if you'll cut, whether it's a shrub or a perennial or something, if you'll just cut it back before you move it, it'll buy the plant some time before it puts out new growth in a difficult okay. time of the year. So that's so I've, just, got a uh, lot of, I've got a lot of hostas, lilacs, um, I think this works. A lot, of, mostly perennials, calla lilies, pussy willows. I got cannas, roses, yeah, yeah, dahlias. Anything so like, it, it, I mean, cut anything. it down. Like, even if it's got, uh, yeah, what, what, not blooming yet. Yeah, because again, when you cut a when you dig a plant, you know, if you stick your arm straight out, wiggle your fingers, your fingers are where <laughs> the roots are, and you're you're just moving them with shoulders and elbows, and so they don't have okay. the roots that they need to sustain that top growth. So you need to, to to other if you don't cut it back, they'll suck themselves dry before they can grow new roots. So just in okay. general, remove some of the leaves, cut some of the stems okay. off, prune the shrubs back. You know, if you were to cut a rose bag right now without moving it, mm-hmm. it's going to sprout out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just put just, these in about a month ago, too. So they're they're not really – these are the only ones that aren't established. So that, But well, well, oh, I've got okay. a whole bed of lavender. Is that, you think I should get that, like give it a haircut? Yeah. Okay. 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 You know, this is this is. I I can't tell you how many plants I've moved. And if you don't cut them back, you know, it stresses them up. It's just a general rule of thumb. Um, you know, put them in pots. If you can can go ahead and do this ahead of time, because you're going to be really stressed moving furniture and all. You know, did, you know, did who who got the dog? That kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. if you can do that ahead of time and put them in pots in a lightly shaded area and water them to sort of help them get over the shock of being okay. dug. Then when you move them, they may have already started growing their new roots by then. Okay. So think about that. that so you do a little bit ahead of time in the mornings when it's not too hot and the plants aren't too stressed. and Just just, just try doing that. A lot of the perennials like hostas and daylilies, you can put those in plastic grocery bags. But what, whatever you can, go ahead and get it done ahead of time and prune them back to let them get reestablished. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Okay. Thank and don't feel like you've you. got to take it out. Leave something for the next people. Even though they don't own it either. I'm not, not going to take everything. I just want to take my, you know, my plants that, uh, you know, I've 
really okay. work on, you know? Well, I'm, I'm just saying, if you're from Georgia... I'm going to leave all the kale. Fight. I've got a ton of kale right now, so they're going to, they okay. can have all that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, call, call anytime. Tell your friend in California, is it Moon Bay or Half Moon Bay? I'm not sure. I think it's Half Moon Bay. Actually. There's a woman named Sharon Loveless who lives out there who wrote a book called Sunflower Houses for Children. She lives in Half Moon Bay. I've been out there. Oh, nice. Well, you should say happy yep. birthday to Crystal because today is her birthday. So Happy birthday, Crystal. See you all later. <laughs> now we gotta, we're going to move on, Shannon. Go out and start Thank digging you. before it gets too hot. Bye. Okay. Thank you. All righty. Now let's move down to Mobile. Hey, Deborah. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? I have a moderate-sized rosemary, which is about three feet by four and a half or five feet wide, and yeah. the leaves, and it's beginning to yellow in places. Yeah, this is an old plant. It's at least three or four years old, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it started yeah, off yeah. with a little tiny plant. Yeah, um, I've got the same thing. I, I I have three different kinds of rosemary, the cascading and two kinds of upright kind, and my biggest one, which is not quite as big as yours, but it's probably four or five years old. It's starting to do that. It just looks, it looks peaked. It just looks like it just doesn't feel good. And I'm thinking about just cutting it back like you would a rose. Um, because, you know, they get bigger and bigger. You, you know, rosemaries are small shrubs. They never get more than about waist high. You know, I mean, I've seen some bigger yeah. than that, but in general, knee high to waist high is about as big as they get. And they need pruning from time to time because they don't have really great roots. And they don't do as well in our hot, humid, rainy climate as they do hanging off a cliff in the Mediterranean. So they get root damage, and they get old, bit, old woody uh, stems and all. They just need pruning back every now and then. Oh, that's easy. I also it have is, a but, well, well, let me let me answer. Before you do that, though, take some st- some tip cuttings, uh, four or five, six inches long, and root you some more. They root in water in about three weeks. So, you know, the, to take some of the the, the new stuff and and uh, strip most of the leaves off and put them in some water. That way, you got mm-hmm. some backup plants in case this one doesn't come back. Sometimes they don't. Well, I'm not going to cut it so it won't come back. And actually, this is one that was looking pretty bad and lean, and there were branches in the dirt, and it started branching up from that. It there you go. Well, you know, try cutting some of it back, and then okay. see how that does, and then cut the rest of it back. Okay, Doke. I have a sour kumquat that's right next to it, and its leaves are beginning to yellow as well. Oh, there's so many different things that can cause that. Is this a very big, big kumquat? I mean, they get you know head high, eight feet tall. No, it's not. It's in the dirt, but it's never grown very high. It's about maybe three and a half feet tall. And fairly wide, it probably needs coming up because I haven't done it. It wasn't my favorite kumquat. The one I like is being babied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The kumquat is such a cool plant. It makes so many fruits and you eat them skin and all. But uh, there's a lot of different things that can cause yellowing on that. Uh, if it's got some kind of root stress, if it's been hit with a lawnmower or the string trimmer, um, you know, there's a disease that's called yellowing that, that can do that. But uh, other than lightly pruning, thinning some stuff out, cutting some branches to stimulate some strong new growth, because that's what pruning mm-hmm. does. Pruning stimulates. It takes stress off, oh, yeah. and it stimulates new growth. And then hit it with a little fertilizer, about half-strength fertilizer, maybe some liquid stuff, you know, miracle Grow okay. or something like that, and see if okay. that doesn't perk it up. See if that doesn't. I will see that. It had loads of fruit last year, and I don't see any buds on it right now. 
the one I like, my sweet kumquat, it was covered in flowers, and now it's just covered in beginning fruits. Yeah, and usually they do that every year. Some some fruit trees have what they call biennial bearing. They make such a heavy crop mm-hmm. one year, it, it weakens them, and they can actually, you know, it, it, a lot of fruit trees will bear heavily one year, very little the next year, then just so-so for a year or two, and then come back. So it might just be that it wore itself out. It was borderline stress, and the fruit just sort of said, you know, I need a break. But a little, little pruning, a little fertilizing, that's about all I can recommend. Well, that sounds good. Okay, well, good luck on it. And, and uh, okay. I, I'm curious to find out if you cut the rosemary back, how well it does before I do mine. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, appreciate it, Deborah. Thanks for your call. All righty. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Java, one of the things I did this past week, and half killed me because of humidity, I did a lot of weeding, a lot of mulching, and I think I got most of it for most of the summer. I think. So I'm, my approach is to do a lot of weeding with hauling a tarpaulin around me, throw stuff on it, and uh, then mulching and hoping that gets me through the season. We'll see, though. Now, I know you've done this this trip, you know, several, many, many a times. Uh, but yeah. seeing that you just left and the work that you just did, what are you expecting to see when you get back? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I, I had a bunch of plants in pots that I meant to plant back in the spring, you know, and, and uh, all gardeners understand that. You buy, you know, two six-packs of zinnias, and you only plant one, and you meant to plant the other one. Anyway, I, I gave a few away. I gave some to my son. I, I, I stuck some in a, a, a local uh, civic garden. Um and I just stuck a bunch of them in the ground. If we get a good rain, you know, once every week or so, they'll survive. But I'm expecting to lose a few annuals that I set out a little bit too late that hadn't had a chance to get established. But mostly um, I'm just going to expect it to, you know, have summertime blooms. And, you know, I, I put out some okra. And uh, three days ago I actually sowed some seed of some black-eyed, some crowder peas and some little groups of corn seed and some bush butter beans. I sowed them on some ground, I covered them with mulch, I watered them real good, and I'm expecting to have some peas and corn and butter beans when I get back, because they take about three months. I'll be wet back way before then. Just in time so for it, dinner. It, <laughs> it, 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 it depends, depends on the rain. Okay. All righty, well, let's, um, let's take a real break, uh, a little break, and listen to my cheesy tune today. And then we're going to slide up to South Haven for the next call. But if you've got some things you'd like to talk about, that's what we're here for. MPB has weekly programs every day. We have them on all sorts of topics with local folks who are not just experts, but hands-on experts talking about anything your heart desires. And if it's about gardening, that's what I'm here for. We're going to take a break and come back with a Gestalt Gardener here on MPB with a little bit of cheesy tune first. Uh, by the way... I've been seeing some fairy ring in people's lawns. That's a big curved area that's dead. looks like a big circle. Uh, That's a type of fungus called fairy ring. It spreads a foot or two at a year. There's not much you can do about it, but if you're lucky and the weather's right, humidity is right, you'll see a curve of white mushrooms around it. That's where it gets its name, fairy ring. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Anything else you want to talk about when we come back right after this? I drove my tractor through your haystack last night I threw me pitchfork at your dog to keep quiet Now something's telling me that you're avoiding me 
Come on now, girlie, you've got something I need. Well, I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. Come on now, let's get together in perfect harmony. I've got 20 acres and you've got 43. Now I've got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key. For seven long years I've been alone in this place I sleep in the kitchen, it's a proper disgrace Now if I clean it up, would you change your mind? I'll give up drinking scrumpy and not larger than lime If I got a brand new combine harvester and I'll give you the key Come on now, let's live together in perfect harmony but I've got 20 acres, and you've got 43. Now I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I give you the key. Yeah, I've got a brand new combine harvester, and I give you the key. <laughs> Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture still rushing in Java. I forgot to mention one important thing about both my Mississippi gardens and my little terrace garden in England is I have blue bottles on sticks everywhere. So if not, if all the plants die, I still have bottle trees to make me smile. It's a trademark. It's a brand name. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I sent you the pictures uh, for, for this week's podcast. I found my old broken MPB cup, this coffee stained and all like that, and, and I fill it with little miniature blue and green bottles and put it in some creeping bellflower, a little campanula, which is a plant which won't grow in Mississippi, but uh, if you people tune into our podcast, they can see my the campanula and my little bottles and my MPB broken cup, which I use as an icon. So... Anyway, uh, let's go up to South Haven, Mississippi, and talk with Becca. Good morning, Becca. How you doing? Good morning, Felder. Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine, doing fine. What's up? Well, um, we've got some construction going on at our house. We're um, adding a room on, and they have all these scraps, and some of the scraps are drywall. And I heard that the drywall has gypsum in it, and I'm like, that sounds like of that expensive stuff you know we usually can't afford gypsum um can i should i put it in the compost or should i um something said break it up with a hammer now that's a workout some of it gets real hard and i'm like it is i don't know if it works that hard to break if 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 you if you leave it outside in a shady area and the humidity will soften up a little bit but if it's in the sun it's going to get rock hard but it's just gypsum you know rather than put it in the compost you know, you can just break it up in pieces and chunk. Do you have a, like a regular garden that you that you dig in? Yes, yes. Uh, if it's if it's heavy clay, then a gypsum can help break that heavy clay up. You know, so you can use it just well, just like you would gypsum. But if you don't have any real use for it, you know, I wouldn't just put it in the compost of the yard just because it's there. I, I really wouldn't. But it won't hurt to use it, and it can help clay soils. But that's pretty much it. Right. So, can you use too much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how how much too much. You know, and this is something I probably. I, I so many people talk about this. When I say so many people, every three or four months, but over the years, 
it's built to a lot of people ask about it, and I don't know any details. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look that one up. Matter of fact, I might do that while we're online here, so stay tuned. But I don't know how much is enough or too much or anything like that. I just know that it's okay to use, but mostly in context of having a heavy clay you want to break up. Right. Okay. So I have another uh, question or comment, um, if you don't have too many people backed up. Uh, My grandmother, during the Depression, she lived in town, like two blocks from the courthouse in New Albany. And um, she would pick up cigarette butts off the sidewalk and soak them in water and spray that on her rose bushes to kill the bugs. That was Mother's story. I never saw her do right. anything. Right. And I'm like, um, is this a dangerous practice or is this just uh, recycling? Or Well, you know, it, actually it, it's kind of interesting, but one of the most powerful insecticides you can buy, it actually has a skull and crossbones on it, which is a legal thing. It means it's deadly poison. You can buy this stuff called nicotine sulfate, and it's an insecticide that you use to spray uh, against insects. It's extremely poisonous to people, though. So, um, you know, if you're going to use it, you know, just it, it, it works. It works on a lot of insects, mostly the smaller type of insects. But um, uh, nicotine sulfate is just soaked nicotine, basically, in water. It's not something yeah. I would walk around town picking up cigarette butts because you're from a, even though South Haven's close to Memphis, they're going to talk about you. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so nicotine sulfate. Nicotine is a powerful natural insecticide, but it's also one that's, that's pretty poisonous to mammals, you know, including people. So just uh, you know, just in other words, don't don't stir it with your hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So it was something. You know, it was the depression, and um, she loved her roses. So she, I mean, they were right there in her front yard. Well, well, she had and in front of the house. You know, keep keep in mind a lot of people knew knew home remedies and, and nicotine sulfate. Nicotine. This is before we had malathion and diazinon and and all these. You know, these modern insecticides didn't come around till after the depression. So she was using right. a good natural insecticide that's still available, but it was poisonous then. It's poisonous now. But uh, right. anyway, by the way, I, I I just went online and I found a a site that's called Grower Today. Uh, and they have all sorts of, of things about using gypsum in the garden, but it's mostly to break up heavy clay. Uh, it makes it easier okay. to till the clay. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much the main thing. Uh, it right. also and has, and has the little... one um, the one T-shirt they didn't make for you is like crackers in the chili. <laughs> <laughs> crackers in the chili, was... mohai, and get dirty. I, we need T-shirts for all of those. But uh, anyway, think something like I, crackers in the chili. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I haven't had a chance to see how much is too much gypsum, but I bet if you do a quick uh, uh, online site for gypsum as a soil amendment, it'll tell you, you know, how much is too much. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Felder, and you have a great day. All righty. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. Java, we got anybody else on the line right now? Not yet. We got Charles. He's uh, patiently waiting by the phones for our phone calls. But I did have a question because you guys were talking high-level gardening talk. What is gypsum? <laughs> uh, gypsum is uh, uh, what is. It's sort of like you know. I I I don't know enough to 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 say for sure what it is. I'm reading about it. Um, what is it? It's, uh, calcium. It's got sulfur. It's the stuff you know. Sheetrock. It's the stuff that's in that's inside sheetrock. So that's but what I was, not, I, I, I guess that's where my uh, curiosity came in. Like you put the sheetrock in the soil? 
<laughs> no, you you know you put gypsum in the soil, but some people notice that that uh, that sheetrock is made of that gypsum. So there's the idea. Well, why not just break it up and put it in there? Uh, but I'm just reading uh, a little bit about it. It's a little bit complicated. I got on a complicated site, but basically, you shouldn't add gypsum to soil with uh, a lot of organic matter. So if you got a really good raised bed, you shouldn't do it. And also, you shouldn't add it to improve the fertility uh, if you have good soil. Uh, I can't read and talk at the same time. Basically, (laughs) let me me do some more research on this. But, yes, you can break it up and add it to the dirt. No, I don't know how much or how much is too much. Okay. uh, One thing I do know is it doesn't last very long. You know, it, it, uh, it breaks down, and then it washes away. Okay. Well, we do have some calls uh, coming in. We're probably going to get to this break, but I do have a question before we before we do all of that. And it uh, actually came by email, and it seems like a a, a common problem that some people may yeah. have. If I could shoot it to you, sure. Yeah. Okay. It says I've had four pine trees cut, and my neighbor removed all of their trees, which shaded the west side of my house. And then it says, what do you recommend I grow for shade along a narrow area between the west side of my garage and my neighbor's driveway? And then here's the kicker. I also don't want my neighbor to complain about leaves falling in their yard. You know, I I think I actually wrote that myself because that's exactly the situation I had. I had some big oak trees. You know, between my the west side of my house and my neighbor's driveway is about five feet. And in part of that, I put a raised bed, but I had two huge oak trees that were taking up the whole space and breaking up my foundation. The neighbors, you know, we had these big oak trees, but I wanted some shade for the west side of the house that wasn't, that, that would grow straight up, that would grow in a narrow space, that tolerates miserable conditions, that doesn't need any care, and doesn't have leaf litter. And I went with bald cypress trees, ah. native bald, they grow straight up. They don't have a real serious root issue. Uh, they grow in tight spaces in poor soil where it's wet or dry, and they have these tiny little needle-like things that just blow away when they fall. So I went, and they're real straight and they're real fast. So I went with bald cypress trees. I planted them oh, I want to say seven or eight feet apart. They were knee high when I set out. They're overhead high a year later, and they're going to almost double in size this year. So bald cypress would be my choice. Okay, I can I can I can go with that. They're quick growing and like you said, they won't have that, that leaf litter. Yeah, and they grow straight up and the nice part about it, they don't break apart in ice storms like other trees. They don't have all the <laughs> limbs are breaking all they're sturdy, straight little spaceship shaped things. And they're really durable. So that that would be my choice. Okay. Well let's go ahead and take this break and uh we'll see if we can uh get some more callers for our last six and other show, okay? Uh, okay, okay. And I also read some more about gypsum, and yes, you can put too much. So uh, it says you can use moisture meter, ch- uh, commonly added to soil, improve ability to hold water. To the point where adding too much actually hurts your plant. It pulls water from the roots, can lead to root rot. So anyway, gypsum is a mineral that occurs naturally in the earth's crust. <laughs> so it's a type of clay, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, gypsum, G Y P S U M. It's a mystery to me. I know it's out there, but I'm ready to learn if you got something to share about it. Give us a call, folks. We're going to be back after a little break. Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Mississippi Public Broadcasting brings all these locally produced programs. This is just the one about gardening. Stick with us. We'll be back with more right after this.
Hi, Larry Morrissey with the Arts Commission, reminding you to tune in for the Arts Hour. We have in-depth conversations with Mississippi artists, writers, musicians, and other creatives. The Mississippi Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 on MPB Radio or download it as a podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture Stella Rossi. And I got to tell you, she had a good question about sheetrock and gypsum, and I've gone blind. There's so much online about sheetrock versus drywall, difference between gypsum and sheetrock. What's the difference between sheetrock and gypsum? What is gypsum? Huh, I'm tired of gypsum. I hate to say this, but I'm tired of it. I'm going to have to give myself a break and learn more about it. So if you want to know more about it, just Google gypsum versus sheetrock as soil amendment, and you're going to go blind with all the stuff online about it. So anyway, you say we got some callers, Java? Yes, sir. Let's go to uh, John and Mobile off the, off, off the first call. Hey, John, what's Good going morning. on down in your neck? What's up, man? Well, I'm uh, out on a ride here. Can you hear me? I can. I'm just trying. So you trying to get away from something or trying to get towards something? I'm I'm getting back to something here. Okay. What, what what can I help you with? What you got going on? Well, I, I uh, I'm I'm turning part of my backyard into a little miniature citrus orchard, and uh, I've got a few trees there. And I'm wondering about uh, is it too late to put a lime tree in the ground? No, it's a good question. In, in general, anytime you can dig a good hole. And that's the, that's the rub right now, digging a good wide hole and adding just a little stuff to your native dirt, not too much. Anytime you can dig a good wide hole, you can set a potted a container-grown plant out. Here's the deal, though. Digging that wide hole, you only get one shot at doing it right. But it's really important to loosen up potting soil and few of the roots of a container-grown plant so the roots start growing outward. And that can stress a plant this time of year. So if you're going to do that, you know, loosen up the soil and all that, you might want to thin out a few of the branches and maybe a few of the twigs to take some of the stress off the tree from having its roots boogered up this time of year. Another thing is a lot of people are tempted to water a lot. A good deep soaking a couple of times a week for two or three weeks is all these things need to get established. If you water every day, you can rot the roots. So wide right. hole, loosen up the roots, water deep but not often, and you can set out a container grown plant any time of the year. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, one more quick question. I've got some things growing in the grass in my in my yard. It looks like little miniature strawberries. They're probably only a couple of millimeters in diameter. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Are they, are they wild strawberries of some sort? Yeah. Yeah, they're wild strawberries. There's actually two or three different species out there, uh, and they're edible. They don't taste good at all. They taste like, like popcorn. Uh, actually, they taste okay. like old popcorn. You know, the real, but, uh, and mama said, mama said they're poisonous, but they're not. But uh, and anyway, they're they're edible and they're just little wild strawberries. Okay, well that's good to know. And my mama didn't tell me because I'm a Yankee transplanted down here, so we never had those. Well, up. well, I'm I'm sure you found when you moved to the south, people are going to school you whether you want to or not. That's very true, including my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, if you want, if you got those little turtles that walk around, you know, that little land tortoises, that's what they eat. They love it. So anyway, it's a good okay. wildlife food. If you, if you can, if you can grow, if you can allow it to leave to stay in your yard, it's a nice little thing for the wildlife. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Listen, enjoy listening oh. to your show. Appreciate. It. Thanks for being part of it, man. 
All right, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, what what what's what's next, Java? Uh, let's stay in Mobile and let's talk with Alan. Al, oh, okay, Alan. Hey, I, I saw it said Alan from Mobile. I forgot. How, I'm, okay, what's up, man? Hello. Hear me now, Alan. Yeah, we got you. Yes, sir. Hear me now. Yeah. Okay. I live in uh, Union Church. My wife's got an olive tree planted been in the ground for a few years will it ever do anything production wise now you're talking about union church mississippi just in in uh, rankin county or whatever county that is no it's the north end of grand bay alabama okay okay we got a union church mississippi uh yeah they'll do fine they can actually produce but here's the deal there's different different varieties of of, of those just like there are different varieties of apples and pears and some do better than others and none of them like to stay wet. See, have you already planted this? You got it in the ground. Been in the plant several. Been in the ground several years. Yeah. The the, the worst thing for for these for, for for these is too much water, too much rainwater. So they've got good drainage. You don't have water standing. You got pretty well drained soil. They should it should produce. You know, you may want to cut some of the branches, some of the top of it out to keep it more of a. You know how live oaks grow wide instead of tall. You might want to you know, just thin out some of the branches and limbs, uh, so there's not as much clutter in there. But uh, they can produce perfectly well in, in, in southern Alabama. Okay, I my just, next I question. Just, I, I, I just don't. I got. Yeah. Go ahead. I got two pinto palms that are in the pots, and I need to plant them. How should I condition my soil when I get ready to plant them? Well, you know, palm, no, no palms have really good root systems. They have sort of a furry thing instead of roots, and so you don't need to dig a wide hole or a deep hole. But um, if, if you've got heavy soil, and some, some, some people down there do, you know, make your, you know, dig your dirt where it's a good solid shovel or, t- or, or so deep in the middle, and then kind of raise it up like a baseball pitcher mound and plant it a little on the high side with dirt piled up to it over about three or four feet. That'll help, but other than that, it shouldn't be any problem at all. As long as they don't stay too wet, they'll do fine. Okay, that's that's all I needed to know. Thank you very much. Okay, good luck. And by the way, it depends on what variety of tree you put out, whether or not it's going to have those uh, those olives on it. Not, not that was my that. next question. Thank yeah. you. All right, appreciate it, Alan. Thanks for calling. Now, Felder, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to rock and roll through these last few calls. We're gonna stay in Mobile and go to Dave. Hey, Dave, what's going on, man? Uh, good morning. Uh, it sounds like you might be headed to uh, England in the next few days. I'm already over here getting ready for some flower shows, but uh, we're starting to run oh. out of time. What can I help you with? What's up? Uh, talk to me uh, about zoysia. Oh, grass. It's just a good, good sturdy kind of grass. It grows best cut at a medium height. It likes a little bit of fertilizer in the spring after it greens up. It's late to green up. It mows best with a real tight mower or at least sharpen your blade. If you've got a, a regular mower, mow it with a sharp blade and don't water it too much. And no, it won't take okay. a lot of shade. No, we uh, have uh, lawn put in last August, uh, the Palisades. And... And reading about the height to cut it, you know, it's all over the place from, you know, a half inch, one inch, all the way up to two and a half, uh, uh, three and a half. Yeah. And I just, 
I have just uh, put on um, a high lift blade on the lawnmower, which you never hear about, uh, yeah. and it you know, cr- it creates more suction to uh, pull the fine grass uh, up in uh, you know to the basket, and also right. makes it stand up straight when you're cutting, uh, right. so you get an even cut. But um, so. Um, okay. The the be, the best I can keep in mind there are different types of zoysia and some grow a little bit higher than others. So I don't know what type you got, but in general, a medium cut with a sharp blade. That's that. The, those are the you know the 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 most general advice. Don't cut it real close. Don't cut it real high. Cut it somewhere in a moderate setting, but sharpen your blade. That's real important with zoysia grass. It's a very tough grass. And if you don't have a sharp blade, it's going to just be dull and brown from being beaten to death. And that's that's about all I can say about it. Other than that. And don't over a little fertilizer after it greens up in the spring, but zoysia greens up later than other grasses. So wait till it's green and been mowed a time or two before you fertilize it. Mow moderate and uh, with a sharp blade. That's it. That's pretty much the general advice on it. Now, Felder, what's the difference? Please school me real quick. Are you saying Georgia or Georgia? No, Zoysia, Z-O-Y-S-I-A, Zoysia. Now, that is a name. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different, and it's a nice grass, but it's different from the other, from St. Augustine or Centipede or like. Bermuda grass is completely different. Zoysia is sort of in between, but it, so, uh, anyway, you just heard me say Mo Medium. Wait, wait a minute. I thought it was always okay now. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to need a new T-shirt. <laughs> anyway, it's been rocking and rolling. Sorry about the callers that we missed. Uh, but, you know, this guy's got an interesting mower blade and want to talk about it. And I appreciate that. But anyway, we're going to be back next Friday. We're going to be every Friday from 9 to 10, rebroadcast on Saturday. Podcast available anytime. You heard the lady from Georgia who lives in Kansas who heard about it from somebody in California. She listened on the podcast. So hear the word about that. I'll see some of y'all on Mississippi Gardening Facebook. But meanwhile, if you get a chance to go to a farmer's market, do it. Garden centers are loaded with plants right now that if you can drag a hose, you can plant them. But the uh, main thing is take a kid to a farmer's market or a garden center and show them how to do what we do best. Show them how to get dirty, and it's okay. We'll be back next week here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting with more of the Gestalt Gardener. See y'all then.